0: So I, I mentioned, just to give a little background of what I want to talk about, my, my um, subject title this morning is called Liberation from the Land of Ur, not the Land of Oz, from the, although you're welcome to, to freedom. Every, <laughs> you've got out of Oz. Um, liberation from the Land of Ur, and I, I will explain what it is. Not Ur you are, not as in um, Abraham's father who left Ur, I was hoping that Abraham left Urb. He didn't. He left Haran, for those who know their Bibles. God called them, didn't call them out of Urb. But that would have really, really nicely in my little illustration. But, um, but what really I just want to share, saying that the Lord provoked my heart on and challenged me. Um, and, and it came out of, as I shared a couple of weeks ago in our church meeting, we, we really feel that we're moving into a, a transition period. And part of that transition over the next however many years, five, ten years, maybe who knows, two years, who, who, who knows, um, to see uh, a new leader come in and take over, um, and and that's all part of church life, isn't it, it's about moving on and, and making room for the next generation, And so as much as Jan and I aren't going anywhere, we really want to... I really want to create space. And part of that is to create space financially in the church in order to create space for a new leader to come in and take on and things like that. So I've been looking at work. Um, You know, what can I do? You know, I work, if you don't know, I work four days for the church and I have one day where I do self-employed stuff. And I've been self-employed for about 28 years. Um, And so I've only had one proper job in my life. Um, and so it's quite a daunting thing to go looking at work. So I'm looking, what can I do? I'm looking at these various things. I'm updating my LinkedIn profile, sending out some CVs, and I'm looking at these jobs, and some of these jobs, you look at them and think, can I do that? Man, that's £60,000, eight hundred thousand pounds a year. You know, I start looking at it, and I'm thinking... Oh, if I did that, then maybe I could finish off our build, our house, you know, I could get the extension done. And, you know, we, could, we haven't been on, on holiday since we went to Australia in, in 2019, whenever that was, when we last saw you guys. Um, maybe we could have a holiday. And, they, and then, sudden, you know, I start thinking about all these things that I could buy. Um, of course, then I realised, well, that's 50 grand. That's a five-day-a-week job. But how can I keep my Monday job? Because that's quite well-paid. So maybe I could do that as well. And I just work later on a Monday. Um, and then, so I'll have four evenings um, that I'll have left. And then suddenly I'm realising that I'm kind of like, what am I doing? Um, and I'm walking, as I do Tuesday morning, as I go out and I'll just go for a walk. I call it my walk with the Lord. I go walking on my own. I listen to God, I walk with God, I do a bit of worship, prayer walking, and it's just me and God. I just go out um, and, um, like, Jana doesn't, she doesn't come with me, she's not allowed. I go walking, I go down to Greenwich, I grab a coffee and I sit and I just think. and sometimes I listen to a sermon and it's just my time. And I'm there and I'm thinking, what on earth would I want to swap? Busy life for this. The freedom to just, move and just be free to to serve the Lord because as much as I want to step aside for a leader I don't want to stop serving the Lord I don't want to retire I know this makes it look like it but I don't I want to still I want to just reposition myself and be a supporter or I want to you know just go where the Lord leads me but I realized that I started and this is where I I I want to um use this picture of this land of Ur um, I just realised that I was starting to consider entering into a life for a busyness, stress, you know, lack of availability, never hardly going to see my family, all these kind of things, which many of you maybe are quite used to. I don't know. I'm not the stress part, but I'm not used to having a full-time job in the standard sense of things, am I? No, John. Um, <laughs> I mean, just coming down here on a Wednesday morning, just being with people, and then just being, it's just, I've just had that mindset for 28 years. Just being my own boss, as you would would say, although I am accountable to the elders and to the church for all that I do, particularly Hannah, who keeps me on my toes. Not in a bad way, in a good way. But um, I realised that I was being drawn into the land of Ur. And I know you're dying for me to say, what is this land of urge on? It's not urge, it's not, it's urge. It's this land of urge, it's where there's this desire forming in you, this culture, this mindset, where you want to, or you start to want the better stuff, or the bigger stuff, or you, you want to be prettier or funnier which, you know, I aspire to at times, or richer, or you want a car that's faster, or you just want whatever's newer, or, or whatever it is, you want more-er. I know that's not a word. But you gain a lot of this stuff, and then you realise that you're just becoming busy And uh, And let me just say this. This is not a criticism on anyone who's busy. Our culture is making us busy. And so it's not about, I don't want you at the end of this, I'm going to say it's right at the beginning, I don't want you to go away and quit your job. You know, John said, I've got to quit my job because I'm busy. No, there's a secret that I want to just share, something that the Lord just provoked my heart as I was considering what he wants for me next, particularly when it comes to some of these practical things But this is—I just felt this prompting—was that true freedom is found in contentment. Like we can be the freest people in the world in this society that we're in, in a free country. You know, some people have it so much worse than we do, but yet we can be so bound up with the busyness of life, or with all of our responsibilities and the burdens of money or work and. You know, we're working ourselves to the bone, and it's like, hold on a minute. You know, maybe there's something there and that we need to think about. And so to be truly free, the, our culture might say, if you really want to be free, might not use that word, you really want to be free, if you really want to know life, then get more stuff, get bigger stuff, yeah? Get more uh, stuff. There is an R-E in more, but it's not. But it's, yeah? Get all this stuff and then you will have contentment. And the Bible has some stuff to say about that. Paul said, Philippians 4, many will know this verse, 11 to 13. I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And this is interesting. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need... I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Often misquoted verse that. The context is, is that you can be poor and have nothing and have been complete content. Peace, inner peace and joy. And just know, do you know what? I just have everything that I need. Yet you can be rich. And you can have that same contentment. Do you know what? I have everything that I need. Yeah, and more. But do you know what? It's not about what I've got. It's a contentment that comes from within. In the Lord. And this is saying he went through times where he had plenty and he and he had content. And the strength that he needed, I think, he needed more strength uh, when he was had plenty than when he had less. Because I don't know about you, but when you have less, you call out on the Lord, don't you? You find the Lord to help you in times of When you have plenty, you know, if if you're like me, it's easier to forget the Lord. So it's not about what you have, whether you have a lot or not. It's about are we free from the things that we want or the things that we have that come from this er desire, this more uh, Sorry, Hannah, I'll just keep thinking of you whenever I say these words. Um, better, bigger, you know, whatever. Whether rich or, fo- or, or poor, I can know contentment and I've got the strength in the Lord to do it. So, uh, This is the thing. Isn't that true freedom where you don't need what you've got? That is freedom, is it not? To just have even little and be at peace. Now, if you're feeling guilty for having stuff, you need to just push that aside. That's not the Lord. It's nothing to do with that, okay? Um, But true freedom is like in spite of what we have, I don't need that stuff to bring me peace and contentment. I find my contentment in the Lord. This is what we're talking about this morning. So, um, and here's a question. How much of our discontent is really, if we're really honest, if I was to really provoke your thought on this, created because of envy of others? And I don't mean that you're there going, oh, I really wish I was more than that, you know, I really wish I had, you know, Brad's physique. I really wish you know i've got to go and work out more i've got to go and go to the gym more just that so i could be like brad you know or maybe you just you see this you you see across the road you know the house across the road they've done this house up in my in my in my road and the thing i can't get over is that how did they get planning permission like that when i couldn't you know it's a beautiful house like it's now like double fronted and all smooth rendered and it's like oh you know what how much would it cost to get house smooth rendered on the front you know how much of it really is envy? And envy sounds a really, but it can just be in that keeping up with the Joneses. It can be, oh, it just stirs something new. You know, I'd like that. I'd like to have a nice garden like that person. I'd like to have these things. And, and um, you know, when we think about it, social media feeds that desire, does it not? If you're on Instagram, I, heard, I read this quote, which is really good. It said, the reason we struggle with insecurity or discontentment I put in there, is because we compare our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. Like we see on these Instagrams, oh, you know, that's, that's good. I wish I was like that. I wish I looked like that. And it's all like, it's all facade. But we know that. But it still affects us. Still makes us want things that actually aren't really real. And there's something more to say about social media a bit later, but... It provokes this idea, if I had more, then I would be content. If I had that nice car or that new iPhone, I mean, that in itself, I resisted buying a new iPhone from iPhone 10 because iPhone 11 was the same, was it not? Unless you're a photographer. iPhone 12 was the same, was it not, Doug? Who knows, he's got an iPhone then. The only reason I got a new one is because it broke. So, anyway, Solomon has a lot to say with this. Ecclesiastes 4, 4 to 8, if you want to turn to it. Um, so Solomon, one day, he, he just decided to uh, get on Twitter, Facebook, and just share some of these great insights. And, um, and this is what he said. And if you've ever read um, Solomon, he, he's, he's, the summary of it is, Everything is just pure vanity. Just follow the Lord. That's that's Ecclesiastes. Um, But this is what he says: I saw. This is verse four. I saw that all toil and all skill in work come from a man's envy of his neighbour. This also is vanity and a striving after wind. Now, we we have to properly interpret this kind of um, poetic wisdom. It's it's has a lot of hyperbole a lot of exaggerated language so he says everyone who's working you know Nyla when she goes because she's envious of her neighbour I don't think that's entirely true is it? no but it's this sense this general sense of, of you know many people are driven to work hard work purely because they want stuff out of envy of their neighbour and he says it's like striving for the wind you know have you ever tried to catch the wind? In your hands, to <laughs> so try it. You, you see the people—they're doing it really slowly. On the yeah, thanks, Doug. Um, all toil and skill, all busiest of work. He says, you know, all people. And it's again to have a job in these days is a privilege, is it not? You know, it is a privilege. And even now, just looking, or even recently, just throwing out some CVs, seeing what happens, having a couple of conversations. And you have to embrace rejection, don't you, when you're looking for a job. You know, this is one thing, let me say about Dan, what really, really encouraged about Dan. Dan would, would work hard and hard and hard and hard and hard. Do you remember when he was doing contracts for ages and then it was never renewed and he went on saying, "Oh, And now he's got a full-time job, looks like someone's interested in getting him into management. And I think he will, not to give you a big head, Dan, but I think he will. He works hard and he studies at home in doing his GCS, well, increasing your GCSEs or whatever, you know? And it's, that is something to celebrate. You know, it's a privilege to get a job. And some jobs just require hard work and long hours to survive. Some people have to pay their bills. And it's not because that they, you know, that's why we have to put it in the right context. So, but he shares this vision, oh, this wisdom, and he says in verse 5, the fool folds his hands and eats his own flesh. He says, look, the response to this is not to quit your jobs and do Nothing. Like a fool who says, I'll do nothing. In the end, he will eat his own flesh. In other words, he'll have nothing to survive but to eat his own flesh. He will be so hungry. He will have nothing. And then he says, Better is a handful of quietness or contentment, you could say, than two hands full of toil and a striving after wind. Better to have less and contentment than to have more. And toil as though you're striving after what you cannot attain. These are really important principles. The answer is not to do nothing. You'll end up poor, starving. I mean, in our culture, you wouldn't. But um, it's better to have less and a peaceful content life than to be so busy that you're never able to find peace. And then he tells his story. He says, again, I saw vanity under the sun. One person who has no other... I have a son or brother, yet there is no end to all his toil. And his eyes are never satisfied with riches, so that he never asks, for whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? This also is vanity and an unhappy business. So in this culture that Solomon's writing into, the son or brother, if you don't have a son, then your your wealth will be given to the male. So if you haven't got a male heir, go to your brother. Um, And so that's what he's talking about. It's like he's working, toiling... But all this stuff, he's got no one to give it to, and he says, "What's the point?" You know, there's no end to his toil. His eyes are never satisfied. He says, "Who am I toiling and depriving depriving myself of pleasure for?" It's like, why are we working our our lives into the ground? When there's, what's the point? He's saying, you know, why would I consider working myself into the ground for what? Rather have time to be with my wife, which we spend a lot of time, which is a blessing for us. She needs me around her a lot of the time. It's the other way around, everyone. It's the other way around. I wouldn't be able to take my walks with Jesus. I couldn't be flexible. I couldn't be available to meet people that I'd never come into contact because I'd be with the same people every week, which is another opportunity to reach people in the workplace. Don't, you know... But this whole sense of you know, yeah, I could have a Tesla, but it still gets me to A to B like my current car, doesn't it? It's just it'd be really nice. There was this story I remember reading many many years ago. Some of you might know it. This uh, this businessman goes to um, like a nice hot country, maybe an island somewhere. Let's just say um, I think it's the story is actually in Mexico. He goes to Mexico on a beach, and he meets this guy who's just, just lying there, you know, like a hammock on the beach. In fact, he's, he's, um, he's got a little fishing boat, and he's just sort of hanging this hammock off, and he's lying there. And, he's, and he meets this Mexican guy, and he says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm just chilling. He says, um, he says what do you do? I'm a fisherman. He said, I've done my catch for the day, and now I'm just chilling, just resting. He said, he said, if you've got time, why don't you get a second boat? And then you can get more fish. And he said, why would I do that then? He says, well, then if you could hire someone else. And then as you get more fish and make more money, you can hire more people. He said, okay, well, then where would that take me then? He said, well, once you've got that, then you can, you know, get even more people. You get more money, and then you can just tell people what to do. And then he said, okay, but where would that lead me? And he said, well, eventually you can then sell your business. And all that money, you can put in that, and you can live on it. He said, well, what would I do? He said, well, you could just spend your days on the beach. You could just enjoy your time. He said, well, that's what I'm doing now. But it's, 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 it's kind of like our mentality, isn't it? I know we need to nest eggs and we need to be able to pay in our retirement and things like that, but in, in the sense, the story is this, there are certain things, this is the land of Ur, let me bring it back. there is this message of the land of Ur when we hear it and go, oh yes, and then you look it and think, wait a minute, this is nonsense. Why would I do that? There's this pressure culture to, to, to consume because we are in a consumeristic society. I've just read a book called the, um, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, if anyone has read it. It's a Christian book written by a pastor. It's a very good book. And in it, he mentions about this whole the change of society um, post war into a consumeristic society where the, the, basically our country relies on us purchasing stuff. And, and, and we basically, we, we now are caught up in that. And so what, what do we do when COVID comes along? We have to get people to spend. Because that's how the system works. And so we have to just keep on spending money. And, so we, and we do. Because that's what we're used to. And to break out of that is quite challenging. Timothy, in 1, in one Timothy 6, he's, um, now Paul's talking to Timothy about false teachers. He's saying there are people coming along and they're um, pretending to be great spiritual people and teaching, but actually they're just after the money. And uh, he uses this term, he says, that about them, this is chapter 6, verse 5, so I'm just going to dip in. He says, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. And so they're, they're, maybe they're coming in and they're sort of, you know, and it would, they might go from house to house or they might go to these various meetings and they would ask for money or they would gain goods that, that come from it. And Timothy is being encouraged by Paul. He's saying, you know, you need to to deal with these people. You know, don't let them have access to the church. They're basically in it for themselves. They're in it for money. They're not there to serve the Lord. But he says this, he says that, you know, imagine that godliness is a means of gain, but godliness with contentment is great gain. So they wanted godliness as a means to get more stuff, but Paul says, no, godliness and contentment, you've already got it. You've got what they are looking for. It's not stuff. Godliness and contentment is a gain. And godliness simply means this humble, respectful following after God, this trusting in the Lord. It's a godlikeness. Not that we are like gods in that sense, but that we become like Christ. His attitude, his behaviour, his faithfulness, his trust in God um, he goes on in chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 6. Uh, Godliness with contempt is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, we can take nothing out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. Are you content with just your food and clothing? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> it doesn't mention shoes. Amen. <laughs> um, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils, not the root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. In other words, there were these Christians who got so caught up in the desire for wealth, it led them away from the Lord. And it says, and when it talks about pierced themselves in many pangs, they got into such trouble. That's what worldly goods do, really. It's responsibilities and trouble. That's what he's saying. You know, again, so what about rich? If you're rich, come and see me after. But he says, as for the rich in this present age, so there were rich Christians, there's nothing wrong with being rich. This is what he's saying. It's not about what you've got, it's about how you see what you've got and what, what you've got means to you. He says, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. And then in Hebrews 13, verse 5, keep your life free from the love of money. And be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. See, having much is not a problem. God blesses many with much. You know, and Paul said, you know, I've learned to be content when I have much. So contentment is still the goal there. And, um, you know, our contentment is not in the things that we have, but in the person that we know. Amen. It's found in those, in the same simple blessings. See if I've lost contentment in my relationship with Christ, the simple, in the simple things, then I'm drifting away from the life of the kingdom into the grip of the land of Ur. I want more. I want better. I want stronger and healthier. And, you know, all these some of these things are very good. And this is the thing these things aren't bad. It's what we hold on to them and say, I want that. I'm going to find my contentment in that. No. Find it in the Lord. And there are these voices, you hear them, you know, crying out from the land of earth. You know, make yourself busier by doing unimportant things. I wonder how busy we are when we look back and think, was that really important? This social media, I'm going to touch on that. That's one of the things that I've really been trying to think about. Make yourself richer by spending on, well, not make yourself richer, but... Not in money sense, but by spending on unnecessary things. It's so easy to spend money now, isn't it? 3 a.m., boom, 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 you've already ordered something on Amazon. It was harder when you had to go to the shop. Now, it's the way of the world that we're in, isn't it? Again, these things are really helpful, but you realise actually it's feeding in to making the machine go. buy, buy. Buy. Make yourself trendier by getting the latest tech or fashion that essentially does the same function as the old one. Those shoes just do the same thing, D. (laughs) Again, none of these things are bad. This is the great power of it. It's not bad to buy stuff at 3 a.m. If you're up at 3 a.m., it's quite efficient. I'm really into efficiency. If I think of something, I can order stuff for the cafe, you know, like food and that. I can do that in my bed on my phone at 3 o'clock in the morning. It's very efficient if I'm lying awake. But it's not good, is it? You know, and scientists, you know, here's another thing I was thinking. Paramount Plus has just come out in the UK. If you don't know about Paramount Plus, another TV channel that you have to pay lots of money every month. But on it is Star Trek Discovery. And Star Trek, The only one into Star Trek Discovery? Well, yeah, Terry. I really like it, and they used to have it on Netflix, and then they put it on Paramount Plus, and I couldn't watch it. Anyway, there's a seven-day trial, and I'm like, there's also, I'm like, oh, now there's twelve. I don't know how many episodes of that, and they also got that. They got Halo series on it. Can I fit that in in seven days? <laughs> I'm, t- I'm thinking, I'm going. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm getting busier and busier. I'm not the only one, I know. Hey Dan. But there's an article online on the um, Harvard site, and this is the title Dopamine Smartphones and You, a Battle for Your Time. Vice President of User Growth at Facebook said to an audience of Stanford students in response to a question about his involvement in exploiting consumer behavior, he said this The short term. Dopamine-driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how society works. That's the guy who works for Facebook, knows that the way in which their app works and the way it works with our brain and the release of dopamine, which is our fun uh, uh, part of the brain, brain, isn't it? If dopamine hits, you're having a good time. When it drops, you're not. And, and they know that these apps work the brain we don't know we're addicted. Well, I think we do. I think we do. This is the thing. Anyway, he highlighted something most of us know, a few appreciate. Smartphones and the social media platforms they support are turning us into bona fide addicts. While it's easy to dismiss this claim as hyperbole, platforms like Facebook, Snapchat, and Instagram leverage the same neurocircuitry used by slot machines and cocaine to keep us using their products as much as possible yeah now i think we all know that we're really maybe not you older ones who don't are asking what on earth is instagram facebook praise god for you don't even get you don't know what it is do you no yeah but i tell you what it is everything all young people are on it hours every day and, and uh, here's, here's this next thing we all know it, the article goes on saying if you've ever mispl- just be honest if, if you're honest enough, put your hand up if you've ever misplaced your phone you may have experienced a mild state of panic until it's been found about 73% claim to experience this unique flavour of anxiety <laughs> yeah, mild state of panic attack If you've got young people and there's no Wi-Fi, mild state of panic attack. Maybe not even mild. Someone pointed out recently that the Netflix logo is a pause button with a line through it. I just thought, yeah, I never saw that. It's the end for Netflix, but it's a pause. In other words, just keep playing. Just keep playing. This is, and it's feeding this, and my point here is that there are things, this is the land of Ur, it's, a, it's the thing, I just want to, let's just watch one more, isn't it? Like, should we just watch one more? You know, isn't it, Jenna? We do. Come on, we've got to be honest. You know, what is it we just started watching? We've we got to get through Paramount Plus in seven days. Just one more. Let's just watch one more. Gone are the days where you had to get off the sofa and put the, the DVD in. Now you can just let it run. In 10 seconds, it's starting a new, new one. Um, but this is it it's like reclaiming time f- going through cold turkey I tell you what it's, it's hard I wonder whether you want to try, this is a chance you. you try it you try leaving your phone So, no I've got one somewhere if <clears throat> your phone for a while switched off for a day half a day or an Audi, I don't know. Whatever you can start with, start small and just see whether you start to crave it. Oh. This is another thing. I have a watch. I can put my phone in the other room and my watch tells me what my phone is doing. So I'm going to buy another watch because you can get cheap one in uh, TK Maxx, remember? Yeah. Casio calculator. Um, no, I wanted one a bit more trendier. <laughs> But this is better, yeah, better. But, um, but I've, I've started to leave my phone. It's only been like three or four days. I've started to leave my phone outside of my room at night time. And I go to bed and I read a book, paper book, people. Not, not um, Kindle, paper book. And I'm asleep within about 20 minutes, um, which, I'm, which is quite usual for me. Um, and then I wake up in the morning. I've got nothing to do. So I get up. And I get up, I get in the shower, I have a coffee, and then I might look at if there's anything on my, like any emails that I need to do or whatever, or, and then I'll read it above. But my mornings have changed. And some of you are going, John, where have you, <laughs> you been? But I tell you what, you try leaving your phone. Now, I know that there are reasons why we keep our phone if you've got, you know, your daughter on the other side of the world who would communicate in the middle of the night. Yeah, at four o'clock in the morning and things like that. But... The point here is, is that we need to challenge, and this is the challenge to me, and I'll share it with you, is how much time that you are busy doing absolutely nothing that is sucking the life out of you, especially when it comes to reels, or it comes to whatever they call them on YouTube. You just sit there and you realise an hour and a half has gone. And I'll be, I'll be driving home and I'll be thinking, oh, do you know what, it's been busy. I will, and I will think you know, and you're going to write me off, I can see the faces now. I'll be thinking, I just sit on the sofa and I just might look on my phone. I'm like, why? Why? There's nothing there. But something in me, it's like my, I'm addicted to the dopamine of, of phones and social media. And I'm just being honest because I don't think you're being honest. Some of you. Um, it's this sucking away of time and peace and... Especially, I came on Facebook many years ago because people would say stuff that would just get me so annoyed. And I'd be so annoyed. I'm like, <laughs> why? There are real things to be annoyed about, not what someone thinks somewhere I don't know about Marvel. I don't know. But anyway, I can see you're with me here. I can see you're really going to take this on. But this is, this is where we're really getting to. It's like true contentment, true freedom. I tell you what, I, I guess I'm seeking for freedom from... I'm starting to realise there's all this stuff that I've been believing and, and just moving in. And it's not like it's really bad, but you. Just, that's the point. It's not really bad, but it eats away at you and it informs you and it makes you do things that you're just not really helpful. So, you know, and it robs you of contentment. You know, True contentment, true freedom is found... In God, right, I don't want to come to an end here. So here's my question. Well, what about you, I guess? Are you content? Are you content? Or is there that call of, uh, you know, if it was just better, more, you know. If you're nodding, I'm going to challenge you later. (laughs) Not really. But here's another thing, just another subject maybe for later on. See, there are many things that actually I'm not content. I have what I'm calling the holy discontentment. You know, I'm not saying that, you know what, I just, it's nice just to sit there by the river with my coffee and just go, Lord, I'm just in this moment, or like, and try this, you're in the queue at Aldi, and there's six full trolleys ahead of you, and you're just there, and you're going, Lord, just in this moment, I'm just going to be content. Right now, where I'm at, practice it. I've been trying to practice it. You know, just going to step forward when that lady comes in because she's confused where the queue is. I'll be content. I'm just content. I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to use this time and I'm just going to think on the Lord. Practice it like contentment, you know, with the moment. You know what? I don't need, I don't need, and listen carefully to this one, I think. I don't need to watch my phone in the bathroom. I don't need entertainment. Anyone else? <laughs> I don't need it. I don't need to take my phone in the bathroom. Am I the only one? No. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, Dan. Yeah? <laughs> i trying to be real. But this holy discontentment. Do you know what? I'm not content because about some of the things that actually are really good to not be content about. Amen. I'm not content with the fact that people in our community don't know Jesus. Amen. Okay, now I'm sure we all say, I'm not content with the amount of children, young people in our, in our church meeting Christ. Yeah. You know, we want, I want to see more. I want to see more people. I'm not, you know, that kind of thing, it kind of like grates on me. And I go to the Lord and I say, Lord, I'm not content about this. And in, in many respects, I think the Lord's okay with that. It's like, don't be content with that, John. I'm not content with, you know, I see fears that operate in me. I'm not content with that. I have a holy discontentment. I'm not happy with that. You know, that there's, a, that there's an end to my willingness to step out and be bold. Now, you might think, John, you're quite a bold person. I'm quite outgoing. But I have levels of boldness. And I can see, I feel it when I get to the edge there. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, maybe I'm not hearing the Lord right. I'm not content with that. And I'm, Lord, you've got to do something about that. And I'm, I need to be, you know, discontent on that. So we're not talking about these things. And there are many things in my life, I'm sure, I'm sure Janna knows many other more things that are not content in my life. No? Oh, good. But in my mind, that's wholly discontent. In Lord, you know, with, with you, with the things that I have, Lord, I'm content. You know, I've got, you know, peace in God. I know the Lord. I've got a lovely family. You know, I, you know I just, just being here, I love the church. I'm content in you, God. That is all that I need. I don't need all this stuff. I really don't. And Lord, if I keep thinking that I do, please come and deal with me because it's this call of this land of Ur but, and it's this true source of contentment. Just to finish on Habakkuk chapter 3. Uh, verse seven, because they're, they're, you know some of these things again they 're easy to to um, talk about hard to put into practice, and I am really um, personally trying to go through a lot of um, cold turkey of addiction of mindsets and practicalities and things like that because I really believe there 's such a freedom of you know from from these things that we just take take for granted if you we, if we like. But Habakkuk says this Though the fig tree should not blossom this is chapter sorry chapter 3 verse 17 Nor fruit beyond the vines the produce of the olive fail the fields yield no food the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls you know my, I can't get a job I'm not earning enough money uh, my kids aren't you know, going on with the Lord as I wish they were or, you know, whatever it might be or, you know, um, problems with the neighbours, I don't know, whatever, filling that gap. Though all these things, says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers. He makes me tread on high places to the, um, and then he ends the psalm, to the choir. (laughs) So thanks, Drew. But this, (laughs) This sense of, listen, yeah, I realise not everything is going right in the world with me. I can tell you, I can list many things that are just not right and going wrong. But in my heart, I find this contentment and it's ours in Christ. That is the great gain. That's my message this morning. I want to encourage you. But maybe we need to be realistic with all the stuff that robs us of this this, this contentment that we have. All these other things that we don't need. That we're only left with where we have to be busy at times. And sometimes we can be busy for the Lord. We can be busy at work, serving the Lord through our workplace, loving people, doing a good job, you know, doing things well for our employer as a witness unto Christ and all these kind of things. You know, Sometimes we've got to work hard because we're going to go to South Africa for a couple of months. So Brad's going to work hard. He's going to be busy because he's been a good steward of his time and his resources. But thank, thank to God that he's here this morning. Amen. <laughs> is this your last Sunday? Is it? <laughs> Before you go away in December. Yeah. Amen. Shall we pray? So please don't quit your job this afternoon, <laughs> but ask God to help you find contentment in your job in spite of your job or, you know, but if you need to change, then seek God for change. That's what I'm doing. Lord, you've got to change me on the inside where I'm just not, you know, I'm not content. Um, but maybe it will mean you will earn less, but in doing so, you have more. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we, uh, we recognise that you have given everything that we need. You say, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, the desires and needs and wants of our lives, Lord, shall be given unto us. Lord, and so we want to come and just, Lord, help us to reorientate ourselves to put you as our first and everything in line with that. If we're too busy, Lord, I pray you just help us to find those things that are un- unessential, Lord, that we may deal with them. Lord, help us with these things like technology and social media. So much communication is done in these things, Lord. So much good can be used of them. But, Lord, let us not be bound to them, Lord, and help us just to find that peace. Lord, when things aren't going right, just know, Lord, that in you we can find contentment, joy and peace. Lord, will you minister to us? Will you challenge us? Will you um, grow us in this regard, Lord? Yeah, and help us in Jesus' name. Amen.